In today's episode, Dave interviews Natasha Pearl Hansen. Natasha is a stand-up comedian who performs across the country, including the world-famous Comedy Store in Los Angeles, Caroline's on Broadway in New York, and South by Southwest in Austin. She's performed at the Del Close Comedy Festival and is currently working on Spare Change, a film from the producers of Orange is the New Black and Weeds. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. I was watching, uh, I was watching your stuff, and um, a big thing of what of what we do, what I talk about, is the people's journey. Mm-hmm. You know, and the confidence that we have, and the focus that we have, and the no doubt that we have, mm-hmm. and you have that. Oh. Do you feel it? Yes. Um, yes, it's funny that you say that because I have most of my life felt that. Mm-hmm. It's only been kind of recently where little bits of doubt start to seep in. Mm-hmm. And what, what brings that in? <laughs> um, I think that that's just part of <clears throat> what happens in L.A. I feel like it only happens in L.A. In Chicago, it never would have even been a thing. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, you get a lot more of that, especially being... Uh, being a chick, people are like, oh, aren't you worried about the fact that you're getting old? You're getting too old. Oh, fuck, right? <laughs> I'm like, I've been getting, I, once you hear that so many times, you're like, oh my God, am I getting old? I'm going to be 30. Am I, am I old forever? No, <laughs> no, no. Who but says those things? I know. But here's the thing. Douchebags. Fucking douchebags. Douche but they're douchebags, but they're your friends who are douchebags, <laughs> right? Aren't yeah. they your friends? But other but than- But wait, wait. I'm sorry. Let me just say, let me just ask. <laughs> what are they doing? You know what? I- most of the time when people have stuff like that that they say, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even know what they're up to because they're really not doing much at all. So it's usually because it's their own doubt that they try to like put on you, I guess. Right. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, I only say that because that just happened like yesterday where I was like, oh, am I too old? Well, uh, but I, I, I didn't get the second city until way. I was in my mid-30s. You know, <laughs> so. I, didn't, I didn't start, my career didn't start really until, until I got to tell you, until mm-hmm. I was 50. Yeah. And that's not to say that I was struggling up to that point. It's right. to say I am on this mm-hmm. journey and this path. And I think if, I was, if I'm going to look at my life and say, what is it? Well, first off, I have no regrets. Exactly. And I, in the same way. Zero. I don't think that you need to regret things because you you should be learning things from things you do that are stupid. Uh, do you think that you've done stupid things? I don't think I've done that many stupid things. I think that I've done uh, some things that a lot of people wouldn't choose to do. But that's them. But that's their choice, you know. And I've I feel like I've made every appropriate choice that I needed to to get me to where I am today. Right. Um. So no, I don't have any regrets. I think that's part of loving. Doing what you do. And loving yourself. You almost said that. I don't know if you said that. Yeah. You're going to say that. Well, loving who you are and and being open to getting on stage alone and talking about that. You know? I mean, you have to just really love the crap out of every decision you've ever made and hope that other people have made similar ones. Why do you hope that? Well, I think I hope that uh, because... You hope that other people make... What do you mean? Have... Can relate. To the things that you say that you've done. I feel like a big part of why I needed to do what I do is because I really enjoy sharing knowledge with people. Stories? Mm -hmm. Who you are? Yes. Um, Personal experiences. um, Maybe like a how-to crash course on life Mm -hmm. is something I need to write eventually. um, Or how not to, however you perceive it. But... uh, (laughs) But I, my how-to, you know, and I think uh, 
I think everybody's unique story is really great. And I think that's what people are looking for now is mm -hmm. honesty in life, whether it's comedy or, you know, any sort of work. They just like to feel like you're telling the truth about things. <laughs> it seems to let you, I, I have an easier, as, I, as I've gotten older, I've realized I don't really care what you think what I've done. You know what I mean? I don't care what you think what I've done. I don't care what you think about what I'm doing. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me because I don't answer to you. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, here's the thing. No offense. I, you just don't really. Yeah. No offense. It's just, I, I like you. One in general. I like you. We're friends. We share common things. Maybe we've had sex together. Maybe we've made out. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're my mom. Not having sex and all that. Oh, right. But, Those are separate know, thoughts. They're separate uh -huh. thoughts. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But at the end of the day, I have to live the life that I live. Exactly. And uh, I know a lot of people who say, yeah, yeah, that's easy for you to say. And I say it's easy for me to say because I've gotten to that point where it's easy for me to say. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, uh, yeah, I can't do that. My family won't let me do that. Or... Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like that's a big mistake a lot of people make, and I think we all do it from time to time, but comparison. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, um, I, I feel like a lot of the young little actresses I take under my wing and stuff, and like, you know, I'm working with, um, I'm working with this great acting teacher that I have been for a while. Do you want to tell who it is? Leslie Kahn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, she's incredible. Um, but there's like a lot of youngins in my class that just like moved here from somewhere else. And mm -hmm. I love taking people under my wing in any sort of way that I'm capable. Right. I, you know, I don't like taking on too much responsibility for other people's livelihood and uh, happiness. But I like to... Um, to mentor. A hundred percent. You know, because I feel like everybody needs somebody that's like, you're new in L.A., don't do these things. Let's cut out all this crap that I what did. What is it don't do in L.A.? What's the don't do? Um, a lot of my don't do's for people are how not to go about the journey of the move itself. The move to LA? Yeah, moving, like, because I U-hauled all of my crap out here, and my grandma told me not to do From that. From Chicago? Mm-hmm. You lived in what part? Of Chicago, I lived in um, East Lakeview. Got it. Mm -hmm. What was your, what street? Uh, God, it was Diversity and Pine Grove. Got it. Oh my mm -hmm. God, right in the mix of shit. Yeah, right. No parking. Right by everything. No parking. Well, I got rid of my car very fast in Chicago. Oh my God. <laughs> I, when I think about that area, I'm like, oh, I've driven around that, driven around that, driven I around that. I had a car for a while and it, like after the first winter that it spent in the snow and right. being buried in snow for like five months, right? it, it just didn't even want to work anymore. So I was like, eh, I'll get rid of you. It actually broke down on me on a wedding that I was at in Minneapolis and I left it there. I just never even got it. Right, 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 right. So your grandmother said, don't, don't schlep your shit out. My grandma said this. <laughs> My grandma hates stuff. Over the course of her life, she's like, stuff equals decisions and decisions stress you out. So she's right. like, get rid of stuff Love it. if you're stressed out. Right. She's such a wise woman. Um, That's true. But it's true. Um, I have talked about this before. There's a book club that I, you know, I've mentioned many times. There's a book club called that I'm in. That's I think I'm the only member of this book club, and it's called Fuck That Book. And it's that book that you have on your nightstand that you're never going to finish. It's that book that you have in your in, have on your shelf that you're never going to read again. It's that book that you have on your shelf that you're never going to start reading. It's that book that you have on your shelf the that you read Dave. before, and you're never. It's like remove it, get rid of it, and then you get to join the fuck those clothes club. So then you go into your closet and you go, I'm never going to wear those clothes. I'm not going to wear those clothes. And then you go, fuck that friend. And you go, that You person. start cleaning up the friends. Exactly. I've started to really do that the last couple of years. Yep. Like I just don't have 
I don't have the time or the energy for other people's crap. And I'm there for friends. Oh, the drama. But if they start putting a lot of that onto me, right. I just... It is that, the idea of why didn't you call me? You know, you, yeah. you told me you were gonna call me, or you know you, were, you came into town and why didn't you call me? It's like, really? Really? You're doing, you're really doing that to me? Yeah. It's a two-way street friendship, and I understand sometimes it ebbs and flows. You know, I've had to be there for friends more, mm -hmm. and then at later time, they're there for me more. You mm -hmm. know, it's just, that's what a friendship is. But when it gets to a point where it's constantly one-sided, and I've had a lot of those, mm -hmm. where they just expect you to be around for all their crap, and then they're not, you know, it, it's like, that's fine. I put people into certain categories. I'm like, okay, after this much time, I can consider... Who is a good person that I can go catch up with, you know, once every other month, get mm -hmm. a beer, have a nice chat. That's the echelon I put them in. Cool. Um, I have very few real friends and most of them are people that I grew up with. It's interesting, the idea, because uh, I remember when I was a kid and uh, I got busted for pot and then I went to therapy <laughs> and my, my folks sent me to therapy and my therapist said, how many friends do you have? And I said, I don't know, 30. He goes, no way. There's just no way. There's no way you have 30 friends. Like, I know how many friends I have. And then you really take a look at it. And if you have three, mm -hmm. that's a lot. Yeah. I consider, when people ask me how many friends I have, I say, you know, close friends I have. I can count them on one hand. Right. Um, <clears throat> as far as support system, that's very large. I feel like I have a large support system. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I feel like I have a lot of comedians that are supportive of what I do. I feel like I have a lot of people throughout life that know what I'm doing or just like me as a person and support whatever whatever it is that I'm doing. If right. I'm on a basket weave, then I don't care. Supporting Support, I mean, even includes listening and me not giving you any advice. Mm -hmm. Support <laughs> means me saying, like, just sitting here and you telling me that and I take it in. Yeah. I remember when I was married and I, uh, and I said to my wife, I, I was saying something like, just wanted to tell her something. And she insisted on giving me all this, uh, taking the other person's point of view. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this happened to me. And they, she said, well, Always maybe playing they devil's advocate. Oh, mm -hmm. fuck devil's advocate. Just, I think that yeah. if you're playing devil's advocate, you're agreeing with the devil. Yes. <laughs> you, you are. No, there's no sense. Like, if you have, if your argument is really, uh, like, so, if you go, okay, uh, 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 I'm going to play devil's advocate. And you go, okay. And then they are very eloquent in what they're saying. That's what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. It's not. Well, and advocate. I feel like if somebody disagrees with something that you're doing or have done, if you have done it, you can't change it. So right. what's the point of disagreeing? Mm -hmm. And if you're doing it, then obviously it's something that's meaningful to you. So if they're disagreeing, then you're just going to do it anyway. Yes. So, I mean, it's like, why waste your breath? Here's another thing. If if I agree with you, you're going to do it anyway. If you if I have an idea that is that you didn't think about, you're going to do what you're going to do when you're going to do what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't. And all that I do is say, Natasha, here's the thing. This is what I think, and leave it alone. And yeah. so when you don't do that, I have I I have no ownership. I don't have a pony in your race. Mm -hmm. That's your race. Yeah. And I don't have a pony in that. I think that's been a really good thing to discover being out here. Um, is that you know, not only the comparison thing, but every, there's no right way to do anything. And all these people that are like, well, you know, do, have you thought of YouTube? Have you thought of these? And I'm like, those are just aren't things that I want to, you know, it's not what I want to do. Um, 
I'll find my own path. It's okay. I don't need to be a social media. It's already enough. What we have on our plate in the society right now with social media and all the things that we're supposed to be doing to get do ourselves out Do you not enjoy there, doing those things? I'm, I, I'm, I'm leading the witness I do, by saying um, enjoy. I do but, and I don't. Uh-huh. Um, I have to say the relationship is probably pretty 50-50. Uh-huh. Um, to some extent, I feel like things are obnoxious. I try to do what things. What things are obnoxious? Having to post accomplishments or thing. I try to be very positive on my social media and uh-huh. I'm not a hateful person. Um, but you don't want to, I don't like to feel like I'm braggy. So a lot of times I don't post something and then people are like, well, I thought you were doing that thing. Did it not work out? And I'm like, no, it's working Why out. Why don't you want to brag? I just, some things I feel like it's okay to, um, be proud of yourself about, okay. but I never want anything to come off as braggy. Um, I have no problem bragging. <laughs> I have absolutely no problem because I love what I do and I want you to know about it. Yeah. And I, whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm also doing it with a bunch of people too. And so True. those people, I, I say, I'm doing this thing in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And all these people go, I'm doing that too. Or I wish I was doing yes, that. Yes, for sure. For live shows, I don't mind at all. Um, for things, you know, and that's that's the trouble that you get into wanting to broadcast something uh, is you never really know until it's completed that it's actually happening here. Um, like what? Like I have a couple projects going on that are like, Almost getting picked up by things, okay, but you fine. don't know. Right. So those things, those work in progress things. Yeah. No. I, unless it's signed and and in blood. Exactly. And... <laughs> or it already happened. But no, that sort of thing where you go, okay, I got this project on television. We all know like, what that's like. Yeah. But that's different than saying than bragging. And again, I'm using bragging in a very good way to say. I am doing this thing. I love doing this thing. I love mm-hmm. telling you what I'm doing, and I get really excited about it. And it's also I think that a lot of this is pushback or blowback from, uh, I don't know what your background is, but uh, from not from the seven deadly sins and you have to be humble and all that stuff. So I'm thinking, you say that. I'm saying, screw all that. I almost wore my seven deadly sins shirt today. Uh-huh. Uh, it's my favorite shirt. And what is it? What it is says it? it in French. It just says the seven deadly sins uh-huh. in French. So nobody even knows what it says. Right. But, it looks um, so pretty because it's, it's in cool, French. But it's cool because it's in French. Um <laughs> But those are, I actually just wrote something with a friend where our characters are based on those character traits uh-huh. of the seven. Uh-huh. Because I just think, I've always thought they were so interesting. They're interesting they're fun. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but they're fun. I used to, um, when I was in high school, between junior and senior year. Where did you go to high school? Uh, Stoughton, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. That's right, that's right. And I'm Where's so, Wisconsin? Where, was, where's Stoughton, really? Okay, so if the thumb actually goes so the other direction. Right, right, so, um, right. It is right over here. It's it's to the left. Of I actually your have like a natural little birthmark dot Look right where that. it is. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's so like were my... you near Oconomowoc? <clears throat> Not that close. Oconomowoc okay, is a little bit north. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everything's um, near, relative. Near Kettle Moraine, Wisconsin. That sounds more familiar. I feel like Kettle Moraine. Kettle Moraine is just like this beautiful. We're real area. close to Madison. Oh, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Got it. So we're like on the brink of Madison. Got it. So you um, grew up over there. Yes. Um, and I'm so excited. Just booked my tickets to go home for two weeks. That's my reset button. When I go back to Wisconsin, it's right. my reset. I love my friends that I grew up with. I it's was also so Wisconsin's blessed. a pretty awesome place. It is. We, we just had so much fun. We had this really unique upbringing where 
you can't even call, I don't even like to call people townies that still live in my town because it's a, it's like a really, um, <laughs> parents have their kids and then they, they love each other still. So they bring their kids up to like be friends with each other. So it's this real interesting, like regrowth of a community Got every, it. every new uh, I generation. I just haven't heard the word townies in so long. I, I, <laughs> I went to overnight camp in, in Economwalk and, uh, and then I went to, you know, DeKalb, I went to NIU and DeKalb mm -hmm. and. You had this, you had the college kids, you know, the townies. The townies, yeah. Um, so we just had like, I just had this really cool bond with not just my grade, but the ones above and below. We just all got along so well. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm still best friends with all my friends growing up. Mm -hmm. And they live everywhere in the country now and are doing every this, that, and the other thing and everyone I'm proud of. And it's just, it's cool um, to be able to go home and just kind of like, hang out and have fun like you used to right. and not be in, you know, not be in the crazy. I'm always in the crazy, I feel like here. Uh, what does that mean you're always in the crazy? I'm just always working. What does that mean you're always working? Working on stuff. Working on stuff. Mm -hmm. You're always working on stuff. Yeah. And again, do you enjoy working on stuff? Always. I love it. But there are times where I feel like I'm like, and it, it always seems to be before I'm going to go out of town, I'll take on like way too much mm -hmm. because I know that I'll have like a moment to reset soon. Mm -hmm. um, that's I love kind of what I've been doing. <laughs> so well, the idea doing of living, way too much. Well, but that's, that's living, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's also, you remember what it was like to not have that. Mm -hmm. And so anytime that I'm in a situation where I get to go, Oh my God, look at all this stuff that I'm doing. I think I could get a, um, I think I could get an assistant now. And I think, <laughs> no, not yet. But I love the idea of working so mm -hmm. much, of focusing on so many things that I have. And that's that. I'm alive. I know. We have this beautiful eight-person dining room table in our living room. And it is my desk whenever we're not having company. And I just have papers everywhere. And that's how I organize. Like, I'm a, I'm a chaotic organization person so you enjoy organizing or being organized organized chaos yes I enjoy but there is or because I think a lot of what so many of us do and whether you're whether you do stand-up or whether you do whether you do written work whether you're a teacher like all these things um, not a teacher so much but uh, a stand-up or an improviser whatever an actor mm -hmm. we are a business we are and our business, I've said this before, but our business is to be us. Mm -hmm. That is our business. Yeah. It's not a plumber. It's a, we are us. And I think that people don't, people don't know that. People don't. Uh, Artists don't know that. Actors don't know that. Well, and even other um, people in other cities that have no idea what it's like to be in this business mm -hmm. have no idea. And even though my best friends growing up, like they know that I work hard, quote unquote, they don't understand how hard, oh, right. <laughs> you know, right. like they, they'll be like, okay, so you have your shows at night, your, your stand up, you know, what do you do during the day? Well, I get up at eight and I work on me all fucking day. Right. And then I <laughs> do it until I go to my shows. Right. And then I come right home and I start doing it again. And it's and, not because you have to, it's because you enjoy it. Yes. And it's like, you know, nobody else is going to be your biggest advocate, but you. I think that that's a huge thing mm -hmm. to know that you, because I go, again, I go back to what you call bragging, but it's that if I don't publicize 
these things no one is going to. Exactly. If I don't tell people, and in the way that I want to publicize it, in the words that I want to use, in the, in the way that I would like the universe to hear it, mm -hmm. I would like the public to perceive it, to engage in it, uh, that I want to organ. I want to be that voice with my voice and my brand. Yes. And I think that's what I mean more so than bragging is I try to present every project that I'm doing as in like, hey, you guys all get excited about this too because yeah. I'm super excited about this. It's not, you know, I try to present it that way rather than being like, look what I'm doing. Uh, but um, there's also something about look what I'm doing too because <laughs> yeah. that's essentially what you're saying. That's true. That's you're saying true. look what I'm I doing. I won't disagree with that. And, and for <laughs> me, when I go look what I'm doing, like why do I want somebody to know what I'm doing? This is why I want somebody to know. Mm -hmm. there's, there's two reasons. One. I want you to know what the fuck I'm doing. And two, I, uh, at least two, two is uh, <laughs> I want you to see what it is that I'm doing so that you are inspired to do what it is that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And three, isn't it great that we're alive and we get to be, we get to unfold and furl and evolve who it is that we are right. in, with it, is, and be surprised when things work or be surprised when they don't work because when they don't work, they still work. Yeah. And that's, that's a really, really great perspective that I've gained is, um, Everything that you're doing, whether it doesn't work or people don't respond to it, they're at least hearing about it. They're hearing your name. They're hearing yep. something. You know, I've had a lot of things come about where it's been two years down the road and somebody's like, oh, I remember your name from that project. Nobody really liked that one, but this one's great. You know, and like you're always planting little seeds wherever you go and whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, my biggest thing in life, and I think that's why I love where I'm from and I have these relationships with my friends mm -hmm. over spans of time is uh, I really enjoy cultivating relationships with people. There are many different categories of relationships. You know, you have your close friends, and then you have your acquaintances, you have your, like, coworkers or your peers or however, but um, I enjoy people. And I think that's a huge thing that got me into what I do is I just really enjoy learning about people, learning about myself through people mm -hmm. and interactions right. with strangers. I love being put in a what would be other people's uncomfortable situations. Is, and and that, I'm that very is your comfortable in that. Right. I'm very comfortable in that. Mm -hmm. Like if I were to be traveling and somebody were to drop me in a foreign country, and I actually have traveled to foreign countries where I didn't speak a lick of the language alone, and I'm so comfortable in that situation. It's mm -hmm. bizarre. Well, aren't you just looking at it going, I can't believe I'm here. Look at where I am. Look at where I am. This is where I am. I just want to go and have fun with it. You know, make an experience out and, of it. Yes. And not a, and not go look at crap and take <laughs> pictures. Well, that's got its own fun, I too. That. That's, but I love that, I, too. I like, um, I like hanging out where people that live in a place mm -hmm. would hang out and, like, seeing what they do right. and how they interact with each other. Right. You know, this, just being cultured, I always felt like made you the – made makes me feel like I'm – learning and gaining wisdom. Mm -hmm. I can interact with different groups of people and be successful at it. And then you get in front of people and you're snarky mm -hmm. and you are pointed mm -hmm. and you own the crowd. Mm -hmm. And there's something <laughs> awfully exciting about that. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> Don't you feel that way? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I feel really in my element when I get to you know, it's kind of freeing, especially with the background doing improv, is just knowing what you're going to say, but also not knowing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not an over planner with anything. Mm -hmm. it, that comes to everything I do. 
when I have people over for a dinner, I don't even know what we're going to eat or do, but we're just going to be there and we'll figure it out. You know, if I go on a vacation, I know like the main points I want to hit or the main people I want to see or whatever, but I don't, I don't make myself an itinerary. You mm -hmm. know, I just feel like things have to be a little bit organic always for me I to feel, feel like I'm natural. Yeah. When I travel, I used to, and I still do, I don't know why, but I, I'll get a, I was in Hawaii, so I got a guidebook, Lonely Planet guidebook. And when I was in Ireland, I thought, I'll get this guidebook. And then I never really look at the guidebook. Mm -hmm. Usually this, what happens is someone will say, have you been to Ripperder? I'm like, oh, where's Ripperder? I'll go to Ripperder. And then I'll go, and then I'll <laughs> check it out. I'll go on the train and I'll head to Ripperder. It's like, oh, this is really cool. Uh -huh. And maybe later on when I come back, I'll look at the guidebook and say, ah, oh, when visiting Ripperder, this is what you should see. And I'm like, I went there and I saw that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I I think that this is it. The idea of living that nine to five existence that people live because they think they, I think that they think that they have a structure, a, safety. a structure, right? Mm -hmm. But really they don't. Yeah. And that's what you, that's what you realize when, I don't know. I mean, your, your nine to five can be anything you want it to be. Mm -hmm. I was just in New York and I got up, you know, every day and did, stuff from nine to five and that was my nine to five right. you know your nine to five those are just numbers they're just numbers what you fill in in between there better mean something to you yeah and if it doesn't you're just you know you're just going somewhere to make money to come home to sleep to go there again you know i just that, my brother's talking about re retiring he's not now but he's planning on retiring he's 53 and i'm 55 and i think retiring but I want to always be doing this. Right. I really think that. I mean, I just want to always be doing this. Right. Um, I, I couldn't imagine not. No. What? What would I do? Right. I'd be doing the same thing. I just would be calling myself retired. I don't even know. Like, I can't even fathom that. No. And then the <laughs> idea of one day a bunch of people give you, they get together with you and you you're at a place like a restaurant, like, mm -hmm. you know, one of those places in LaGrange, Illinois. I guess that's a place. And there's, they take out the little back room at Rose and Rosetti's and you have chicken and beef and they give you a plaque and a bunch of pictures. And then you don't come to work tomorrow. And that what you do for the rest of your life is wait, is just like live your life out. And then people I know. are, and I look at somebody and go, oh, you're retiring. I guess you'll be dead soon. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you know? just have nothing to like, you have nothing to, you know, my grandpa, when he passed away, honestly, I swear, this is why he, he was a farmer and he loved farming mm -hmm. and he had uh, a heart attack and the doctor said, you can't do any of this anymore. And he didn't last very much longer after that. Well, is it because he didn't find that next thing that is what it was that he... No, I think it was because he wasn't able to do the stuff he wanted to do. He was a golfer and a farmer. He couldn't, couldn't golf? Couldn't do those things. He had to take like a full-on He must have really been everything. sick. Yeah. Because I, I would imagine that the majority of people who are on a golf well, course right now... he was right much now, older. And okay. he had one leg. And so that uh, made it, it different. <laughs> I got it. Because so. I would think that the majority of people who are on a golf course right now, as we speak, I would say... 61% of them have had heart attacks. Yes. <laughs> or they're about to Because they're all like 60 plus. Right. But it's also like, uh, you know, we swing the clubs, we go back to the, you know, the 19th hole and we drink Bud Light. We have skill, we... but we're not athletes. So exactly. uh, our hearts are a little bit weaker than most. <laughs> yeah. You get in the golf cart. I schlep it to the golf. Do you golf? I, do you golf? I don't. I, 
I've tried. There are things in life that I look at and I'm like, that looks fun. I feel like I'd enjoy it. But if, if I can't, if I can't be good at it with ease, I don't really like it. That's not true. Really Look like at what it. you're doing. Like, but you're working. You know, this, yeah. you're not doing this with ease, is it? Are you? No, no. But it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like I have to put. Even though I put effort into it every moment, it doesn't feel like I'm setting aside special time to Isn't get good at something. Isn't it more true that like, you just don't want to do those things? I think maybe. That's I just maybe it. just don't want to do it. Um, I, that's it. Then I don't just, do it. I just don't think I, but I think I'd be a really great like beer cart girl. You a know, beer, is that a job? I think it is. A beer cart girl? I just girl? go and hang out with the guys while they golf and like hand them their beers and cigars and whatever the hell they do while they're golfing. I'm sorry. That is a real job? A I beer mean, cart I girl? I know people did it at the golf course. So they would have a golf cart and they would go from hole to hole. And give people beer. And give people beer. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty great, right? So it's like, it's like <laughs> a food truck on a golf course. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like the watering boy in a at a NBA game, but you're giving them beer. Yeah, you're it's a And it's, they're much smaller people and more brittle. Who are we talking about I now? I don't know. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, the, the watering guy, uh, the guy the watering guy at a basketball game. So there would be a beering guy at a golf course. A golf course. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, great. Great. But you're feeding it to smaller, older people. Right. Yeah. Or larger people. <laughs> True. You know, really big people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. The only sports I've really ever enjoyed have been like on the water. Uh, like water skiing. Water skiing, uh, mostly tubing. I just really enjoy tubing. Tubing, like somebody pulling like you on a chain from the back. Off of Got it. And not have something strapped to my feet. Got it. Um, I'm the same in snow. Like I can ski, but I'd rather just be on a tube because if some something sh shit's about to go down, I can bail. You know, I can jump off that thing. You can bail without having to without having without to remove your shoes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wisconsin doesn't have. I mean, they have cross country skiing, right? Yes. Oh, but they're skiing too. Um, yeah, I did. The Dells. Uh, yeah. That's the where Dells. we used to go. Yeah, mm -hmm. Alpine Valley. Yeah, there was um, Devil's Head. There was yeah, uh, Devil's Head. Oh my god! I know. Oh my god! Scary. I did that. I'm not a good skier. I'm a leisure skier. Uh huh. Like, a leisure skier. I can go and hang with the with the band. Right. I'll probably go down a hill like three times. I'm I'm a very like safe daredevil. Mm -hmm. If that. I like to do daredevilly things, but only if I'm harnessed in or feel really safe. I like the idea of maybe going down three times and yes. then getting a hot chocolate. Exactly. Going or, by the fire inside Oh, where it's warm. my God. Taking your shoes off, hearing that crunchy sound, uh -huh. taking your shoes off, unclicking those things, getting inside, sitting by the fire, having starting out with a hot chocolate. Playing and then somehow the making it <laughs> to whiskey and sitting and having fries mm -hmm. and fried food. And oh my that's gosh. what I want to do right now. So no. when we go skiing, you're coming. I'm so you be, can be my indoor buddy for the I can after be, I can, three runs. Yeah, I'll be the equivalent of the bearing guy, but I'll be the frying guy. The yeah, French fries, the perfect. fried food, all that. I, I was just in um, Seattle and I had fried pig's ear, but it was buffalo. Ooh. 
pig's ear in a buffalo sauce. Wasn't and it, was, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like one ear. Like I'm looking at your ear, going chomp on your ear. It was more like <laughs> this is gross. But it was chopped up pig ear, uh-huh. deep fried with barbecue with with buffalo sauce. Pig ear is delightful. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's so good. My grandpa used to eat pork rinds all the time. Mm -hmm. No Um, wonder he lost a leg. No, that's a different grandpa. Got it. (laughs) Um, I used to love eating them when I was a kid. Pork rinds and anchovies. I got into some weird shit. I love that stuff. And if you aren't eating anchovies, you're missing out on the saltiest thing on the planet. Yes. That is so delicious. It's like if you were to roll olives in salt, it's saltier than that. Right? Mm-hmm. And so on a pizza, I think my next pizza is going to have anchovies on it. Mm-hmm. I think oh, it's going to have anchovies. Oh, God, where did we just go? Were they, you know what you need to do is go to Genwa. Genwa? It's a Korean barbecue place. Where's that? Um, there's one right down by me. It's at Wilshire and Highland. It's between La Brea and Highland. Uh-huh. There's, is there, is there, there's a, isn't there one of those places? right on, on your table? On, 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 uh, there's one that's... Uh, on San Vicente, isn't there? Like I Probably. think on the corner, there's a lot. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you they come to your table, and there's a and you got a fire well, at your you table. Pick, yes, and the the whatever type of meat they give you, it it's like meat butter. It just melts in your meat mouth. Meat butter. Mm-hmm. That would be a good name for a girl band. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a good name for a girl band? <laughs> meat butter. <laughs> Don't you think? I think that's great. Yeah. Maybe that's Ladies and gentlemen, we're meat butter. Yeah, meat butter. Great. Meat butter. <laughs> and it's a four. It's four women. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they're all nobody plays. Nobody plays percussion. They're all in they're, meat dresses. They're in meat. Mm, I, I would like to see them in butter dresses first. Butter. <laughs> you know, butter dresses and meat dresses. So meat butter going to Genwa. Yeah, but they have a side of anchovies. Uh-huh. It's like little chopped up anchovies that you can put on top of the meat Got while it. you let it fry. Mm-hmm. Or a grill. I guess it's a grill. It's not a fryer. Um, but yeah, and it's delicious. It's delightful. You'd love it. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm, this is what I realized. I was talking, I was, somebody said, so what do you do to make a living? I'm like, I go across the world teaching improvisation and directing and acting. And that's what I do. And then I, then I thought about it. It's like, that's not really what I do. What I do is I go around the world eating and then teaching <laughs> all those things. Because the first thing I would do is when I, when I got to Seattle was, all right, what food do you guys have that I can't get anywhere else? And let's go to that restaurant. I, I completely agree with that mentality. I never go with safe. No, no. I was never. in I was in Bath, England uh, 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 last month, and I went to a tapas joint, and I had bull tail, and it was like it was like um, Pulled pork, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of consistency. Yeah. Wrapped in a spring roll. Mm-hmm. And where are you going to get that? No, where are you going to get that? People are so scared of, like, words. People are when scared. When it involves body of, parts of animals. Right. Pig's ear. Cow tongue is delightful. Cow tongue, I don't know. I've had it. I, I, I can get it right down on um, it's a, right down on Vine. There's a, there's a taco stand that does beef tongue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's amazing. Uh-huh. You just oh. can't think about it. You know, <laughs> you just have to. You're right. Because to somebody else, us eating a leg of a chicken is disgusting. Right. Well, when you put it that way, instead of saying I'll have a chicken leg, when you say a leg of a chicken, you have crossed over right. into more of a descriptive area yes. than I really need. Because so, when you say leg of a chicken, you might as well have 
you might as well call it something in French with your seven. The only sins. thing that I can't touch, like legs, ears, whatever, that's fine. Anything with the word ball in it. If it's an eyeball or a ball ball, I won't eat anything like that. Name what food that would be. Because I have no idea. Rocky Mountain oysters. But the, the word ball is not in it. That's why they you're, call it. You're right. And, why they use the word oysters. Right. right. <laughs> Otherwise exactly. people wouldn't. Exactly. Rocky Mountain you know balls. What? Because be they less. want you to have it. They want you, Natasha. It's like, I don't know. It's like, why are we calling balls? It's like, there's this woman named Natasha, and she will not eat anything that has ball, the word ball in it. <laughs> so but let's you, pretend it came out of a shell, and it's beautiful. Exactly. And... Let's, it's a bivalve <laughs> that came from the nether regions of a sea cow. It's funny, because now that I think about it, my middle name is a ball that comes out of a shell. So right? It's... Exactly. Exactly. What are you talking about? What am I so talking Rocky about? Mountain Pearls. Uh-huh. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to eat... See, Rocky Mountain Pearls. Pearl, but see that? Now we have the connotation where it's like a toy, and now you don't want to touch it, do you? Oh, a toy? Pearl. Isn't that what they call... Um... Butt pearls or something? Um, isn't um, anal, 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 anal beads. <laughs> no, let's go back to another subject. No, anal beads. An I'm, you opened the door. To I anal did beads. open. I thinking, <laughs> anal beads. There's someone right now who is in it in their car. Somebody's using those. Well, some, not only that. There's somebody <laughs> in their car right now on their way to, to go buy get those. those. And mm -hmm. and probably is going to walk into a store and look around and not have the guts, the bowls. Not have the oysters to be able to ask where the anal beads are. Right. But if you walk into one of those stores, you so might... they're going to buy like two hundred dollars worth of stuff they don't need exactly. just to like throw it into the yeah, mix. Yeah, I just need some gel and let's <laughs> let's go. Those are for a prank for a friend. <laughs> exactly. This is my birthday. friend. My friend lives in the mirror. Um, <laughs> I'm going. She's going to be surprised when I get her those things. <laughs> oh my god! I was thinking about this, and it's a, a bit darker. I was thinking, this is what I was thinking. So today is Wednesday, mm -hmm. tomorrow's Thursday, a week from tomorrow is Thanksgiving, a week from Friday is Black Friday. Mm -hmm. This is just a horrible thought that I have to share with somebody. Right now, there is someone alive who is going to die in a stampede at some Walmart in on Black Friday. It oh happens, my God. Doesn't it? It happens every year, right? Yes. So I... right now I'm thinking someone right now is going, hey, you know what, Clive? Let's load everybody in the van. Let's, and we're going we're gonna to wait in line. And you're going, though, someone right now, and I guarantee it, someone is going to be shot or trampled. It's vicious. It's vicious. And it's over stuff. And it's over stuff, and your grandmother would go, oh, those crazy people. No. But right now, I, but I love the idea of someone is alive right now who is going to not that be alive. That is a really dark thought, but it's a very honest thought. It, it, it's exactly what's ha going to happen. You know, and that's, I've never gotten into that whole shopping thing um, the day after Thanksgiving. I just, I just don't, I understand discounts are cool. But you there you can find them all year if you know it's where to close. look. And it's too much. It's gross. It's just fighting with people over things. It's not my cup of tea. No. I would rather no. pay $200 more for something and not have to deal with that. $200 more is a lot. Come on, Natasha. That's a lot. Well, $200 more is a lot. Not when you have a Best Buy card and you break it down into 18 payments. Okay, great. I'll give you that. <laughs> and also, not $200 is not a lot when it's like you're buying some in a house. Yes. But if you're going, you know what? That robe is normally $64. But now I'm going to pay $264 <laughs> for that robe. Well, it must be a really special robe. Yeah. Then. 
It would have. It would have to have the anal beads. It would have to have pockets. See, look at the way we two think. The deep For pockets. For me, I'm going anal beads, and you're going deep pockets. I have like five big plush robes, and our neighbor makes fun of me because I'm always in a robe. But what do you mean you're always like, in a robe? How like, is your neighbor seeing you in a robe? That's why it's called a house coat. It keeps you warm in your house. Are you from like the 18th century? I am. I am. I'm a an house old coat? soul. My, no, so I think my, that, that's less 18th century. That's probably so more. So my auntie, so I'm mixed. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, I saw that, that you are, what? My mom's, well, my mom's black and Sicilian, and uh -huh. my dad's Norwegian and Danish and German. That's the where the, where the Hansen came in. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. so, so my auntie always, and she always has her hair in curlers, and she's always going to look the best she can look even when she's home. But she always called it a house coat and house shoes. So this is the black side. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So I, I always a in house pocketbook. Coat. So I right now I'm wearing house call shoes. Things, those things. You're yeah. wearing house shoes. I'm wearing house shoes. Yeah, and I call them house shoes too. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're not slippers. Mm -mm. House slippers. Mm -hmm. House slippers. House house. Well, I mean that's blowing people's minds right there. House slippers. House slippers. How can they be both? How can it be a house and a slipper? I remember the first time somebody we asked for a suggestion at Second City. I was in. I was. I was a student then, so it was 84, 85, or something like that. And someone said, can we get a location? And it was, someone shouted out, food court? And, I, and it was the first time I heard food court. I'm like, food court? That's a what strange. Does, what does food have to do to be arrested and have to defend itself oh, food and court. go to food court? Oh, so you took it there? Well, if you had never heard awesome. food court before. Oh, my God. Then you're food. listening to those <laughs> two words. Order in the court. Who right. stole the breed? Right, exactly. Right, right. Exactly. 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 You, you are not oysters. <clears throat> you are testicles. That's yes. what you, it's like misrepresenting yourself, going, wait a minute, Your Honor, I had Rocky Mountain oysters, and then somebody told me they were testicles. I want compensation. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's actually a really fun place to take your brain. But, but that's available all the time. Are you really listening or are you just going, oh, food court? Like house slippers, where you go, house slippers, what would you put, how would you get a shoe big enough to put it on a house? Yes, it would be very difficult. Or a device where you want to fool a house and make them trip uh -huh. and you get slippers, you put it underneath the house. And then or if you when, want to move a house. Right. Mm -hmm. You would get house slippers. You know, slippers. you have furniture slippers and then you have a house slipper. <laughs> exactly. It's not like we have basements here. Or you know? someone's job <laughs> is to slip your house. You know what? My dad was a house slipper for two years. Oh, my God. Yeah, and he, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. It's like stealing bases, but actually kidnapping homes. Exactly. Stealing bases. Stealing bases. There's another one where you go mm -hmm. stealing bases and you go, like, Naval like you bases? pick it up and run. Or naval bases. Mm -hmm. I remember that was a funny some video that I watched as a child. I remember sitting in my, my dad and I used to play the memory game. We had those like memory cards. Yeah. And he had this joke that whenever like we flip over a hen, it'd be like, what's a hen weigh? Right. And yeah. we always had these things. I lived in North Carolina then. We were watching funny some video. I have a very photographic memory. I remember like moments like they are stills. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so we were sitting in the living room and this... Uh, funny some video came on where a kid actually physically picked up the base and ran with it and Got it. they came in like third uh -huh. and I was like oh my god that's so genius that this kid really thought he had to steal a base maybe that's what first blew my mind but, when you're, to do but here's another thing like when you're a kid and because 
as an improviser, as, as anybody creative, you're not looking at the word or the phrase the way that other people are looking at that word or a phrase. So you, you're you haven't associated it yet exactly. with something. But, mm -hmm. when, but I always tell a lot of my students, like, have a childlike vision, have a childlike, like, be childlike in that you, and it's going to a foreign country where you get out of the plane, you walk in, you go, how the fuck does this shit work? Yes. And looking around, or a woman going to a strange place and knowing that you've got to take another look at things because women have to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the way that you look at a parking lot is different than the way that I would look at a parking lot. So y'all, you, you would look at a parking lot, I would look at a parking lot and go, where's my car? And you may look at a parking lot and say, should I walk around here? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's all about, it's about perspective and it's all about letting yourself take in all that, really taking all that in. Because mm -hmm. you walk into my apartment, you go, oh, this place is cozy. And I go, I don't know that I'd describe it as cozy, but that's what you're seeing right now. Uh -huh. It you're feels like seeing... home. You know, there's, um, do you watch Morgan Freeman's Through the Wormhole? No. Oh, it's such an incredible show. But they have this whole, um, I was coming back from, are we getting close? No. Oh, um, I've just seen where we are. Uh, I was coming home from some flight where they, they had options of what to watch, and it was like a four-hour flight, so I watched all the episodes they had of Through the Wormhole, and I became hooked on it. Is it a so Discovery it's an Channel? an sci-fi. I, I don't remember if it's sci-fi or Discovery Channel, but it's like a sci-fi type of... Um, but it's really, really interesting topics, like, you know, do we really have free will? Um perception versus reality you know what are we perceiving is like even just talking about how money money is not even a real it's a perception of an amount right it's that has no value right the thing in your hand with random numbers on it it has no actual value right you know it's kind of an interesting way to look at things because everything that we've been taught to to do you know whether it's free will or the way we perceive things is a part of our society and we wouldn't believe a lot of the things we naturally subconsciously believe if it wasn't for the fact that somebody told us those years and years and years ago. Right. So right. money's if, a great example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's if you if you start thinking about money that way, it starts to matter a lot less. I think that when you so if you when you travel, or how about this? Um, I've got a ten guilder note from the Netherlands on my fridge mm -hmm. in a, in a, with a magnet. And 20 years ago, that was worth 10 guilders. Mm -hmm. Now it's not worth anything because of the euro. Mm -hmm. So you go, suddenly that which you put so much emphasis, you put, there was so much gravity to that 10 guilder note. Yeah. Now it's just it's this nothing. pretty piece of paper. So there's this, uh, you know how earlier you were talking about we all have those books that we'll, we can't finish. Yeah. Mine for the last like six years has been the book of Dave. Have you heard of this? No, it, I should. It's my book. Yeah, it is your book. Um, I am trying so hard to finish it, but it's why this, because it's it was it's it was a challenge by somebody at uh, Second City, Norm Holly. Oh yeah, yeah. Norm? Mm -hmm. um, he challenged me like six or seven years ago to read this book, 
and because it's just a challenge in the back of my mind, I'm gonna, I'm like, I have to finish it at some point. No, but don't. it's so hard. You don't have to finish it. That's Norm Holly making your life miserable. I know. <laughs> That's Norm Holly right now making your fucking life miserable. I know. Um, but this book, and it's such a brilliant concept. It's um, it splits time between current day and 400 years in the future. Mm -hmm. um, a sad and lonely cab driver in. England, the part of England where they speak Cockney. I don't remember what part that is. Um, he uh, has divorced and, you know, he's having these issues with his son and he writes all his life down on this memoir and buries it in his backyard. And they find it in 400 years and they perceive it as their Bible. Got it. Okay. So it's just this one dude. Why is it so hard to read? Spewing his life because um, the future language is phonetic Cockney. Oh, fuck that. So, because yeah. he, he writes phonetically yeah. in his book. So when they're describing things in the future, you're actually having to read in your head a Cockney accent in order to even read it. And it's really difficult. It's really difficult to get through. I don't have enough time. I just don't <laughs> have right. enough time. I don't have enough time. I'm, like, I'm I just sorry. Want to read but here's another easy. thing. You, like what you're talking about with money, where you say money has <laughs> meaning to it, and this is, what I guess, what you're saying. Money has meaning to it. It's, it's like it, because we're saying this book has meaning to you, having nothing to, really to do with the book. Right. It has to do with Norm Holly, that guy saying to you, Norm Holly. <laughs> of course, it's Norm Holly. I know. Saying to you, uh, he's a second city teacher. He, he probably and, doesn't even remember yeah. that he challenged me to read it. And you know, for him, I don't even know. He might not have ever read it. He might uh, not have. I or he might not have even finished it himself. But because Norm said one word to you, and that word was challenge. Challenge. That now you have that association. So the idea yes. of how do we get rid of how do you get rid of that? And it's so easy to do. The I same should way. just take the book of Dave and bury it in my backyard. Exactly. And four hundred years from now. Until <laughs> yeah. Four hundred years from now, there's going to be your your. 2,414. Like, right, 2414. Open. And someone's going to open it up and go, this is the fucking stupidest book ever. I'm throwing it <laughs> and away. And like Cockney people won't even exist anymore. No, Cockney. <laughs> Cockney. Cockney. Whatever that. No, it's that that thing. No. I, but it was just a fun, I like things that take a, like something that we put so much emphasis on mm -hmm. and, and take the emphasis away from it. I think it's interesting. Well, it's what we do. Mm -hmm. It's what artists do, where we take something and we rejigger it, or we take something and so I do these collages. So oh, those, nice. you know, those are my collages. These are yours? Yeah, that one, that one, uh, the, that one, that is not mine. No. But those collages yeah. with the maps behind it. So you take the map. Oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah, right? So you take the map and you rejigger the map and you go, okay, the map is merely a canvas. And then all these other elements are from different things that I've cut out. And I put up there. And you're now placing the focus on something completely different. Absolutely. But so, everybody's going to look at a different part of it and find it their focus. Right. Like I look right. at the snake on that one because yeah, it's green. Yeah, the snake on that. Is, that, <laughs> that wasn't easy. That wasn't – it was all really, really, really – it's all really fun to do. But we we artists get to look at something and then turn it around. Mm -hmm. We get to see – so there's that Vonnegut quote. There's a Kurt Vonnegut quote that says – um, most people look at a face and just see a face, but those of us with imagination circuits built in mm -hmm. look at a face and see the stories behind it. Right. And it's the same sort of thing where someone can look at something and see it's just as something, or we can look at something and say, I haven't really taken a look at that. I haven't heard the word, I haven't, I've not heard the word food court 
or the phrase food court <laughs> and really taking a look at what that means. What that meant, uh-huh. It's listening to a record. So say right now the word Hey Jude, the song Hey Jude comes on and you go, oh, Hey Jude, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Hey Jude, I remember when I first heard Drink it, blah, 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 blah. Instead of saying, okay, what if I right now use beginner's ears to hear that as if I've never heard that song before? And right. then you really start to listen to things on a deep tissue level that you've never listened to something like that before. Listening is a huge, huge, <clears throat> huge thing in being successful as an artist. And I feel like that's a lot of how I can weed out people I want to work with really quickly is if they just talk, talk, talk about themselves and don't play off of what somebody else is saying. <clears throat> you know, I mean, and part of that is just being like, I feel like I've always been very perceptive of mm -hmm. things and aware, and I feel like I really enjoy other people that are the same way. Mm -hmm. I like seeing other people, hearing other people's, you know, opinions because that's their perception on things, and I enjoy that. I don't think everybody's going to think like me, and that, why the fuck would you want them to? But there's also the idea of hearing somebody say something and you knowing that isn't what they meant to say. Right. And that's that's the deep tissue listening that I'm talking about, mm -hmm. where they say something in a way, and we go back to um, uh, to saying it, if, if you say something confidently, mm -hmm. if you say something confidently, you're going to go, okay, I, you're not playing the devil's advocate, you're truly saying that. And to listen on that level. Yeah. Because if, if I was going to say to you, okay, so for me, I'm anti-guns. So if I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to pretend to really like guns. I can't even get that sentence out. I, I can you tell. Know? I can tell. Whereas like right in that moment, I go, I can't even pretend to say I like guns. I mean, just that sentence takes my breath away, even though I may play a character in an improv scene where I do like guns. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like, well, yesterday I had to have this unfortunate meeting with somebody who was like this just an epitome of the person that you don't want to spend time with okay <laughs> just you know i kept it was somebody that i had worked with like seven years ago and hadn't seen since um a director and all he was doing was talking about himself and his money the entire time and i was like this is this is my nightmare um i just don't understand people that want i think it's fine to talk about yourself if it's an exploratory type of way and you're trying to do it in order to relate to somebody or just trying to you to get know, to the crux of what of you're feeling what your moment. conversation is about sure. you know i mean but yeah there's so many people that i'm like oh my god is this what you do all day how do you have how do you have anybody that likes being around i you? was just thinking that same how thing does how anybody do you enjoy your company when this is all you ever do unless you hang out with people that have zero opinion on life at all but uh, how do you then keep yourself in check I guess what you've got I to do. I don't think some people think they need to. I also think that they nobody has ever introduced the concept to them of saying, "Hey, you know your friend Jerry? Mm -hmm. What do you think of your friend Jerry?" And he'll go, "I like Jerry." It's like, what has Jerry ever said anything that's inspired you? What or how about this? What did Jerry say to you? What did Jerry say to you the last time you saw Jerry? What did Jerry say to you that really shocked you or that moved you? And if they can't answer it. They're not listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really that's a really good point. I need to start well, <laughs> asking people. When that. we when we end this conversation, um, I will look back on a lot of things that we talked about mm -hmm. and I'll say, Well, I didn't know that or I never really thought about that or the idea of 
uh, I was able to say about the person that's going to be trampled at the Walmart, um, or your one-legged grandfather who I just would imagine, I can't imagine him golfing and how inspiring all that is, mm -hmm. but is this guy inspired by Jerry? <laughs> right? Yeah. And also, I'm gonna, I'm like a guy like that. I, I'm gonna push him to say something that to get him out of his comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Um, I It was one of those things, and usually I'll try to try to get something out of somebody. And some people, I just am like, this isn't even worth it. I'm just gonna get out of this as soon as I can. Um, Unless you're next to them on a. But an you know, you know who inspires me daily? Well, the one I talked, my grandma, the one that always has these little nuggets of wisdom. Mm -hmm coolest person I've ever, she's like the most brilliant. She wrote a book, actually, I'm trying to help her get it published. <laughs> but um, yeah, I call her like every morning and she gives me some more little juicy, fun thing about life. I love the idea of uh, letting go of stuff. I mean, I was married for 14 years and I moved out of a huge house uh, that we had in Silver Lake. And a lot of that stuff was just like, I don't need it. Mm -hmm. I don't need it. Um, yeah, what does that item mean to me? Right, and here's another thing. Do I need anything that you are taking with you? You need anything that you are taking with you, you need to take with you. You have to put it somewhere, and then you have to put it in your car, Once and you then you got to move it. a couple times, you're like, I'm over my stuff. When I, um, when I packed up my stuff to come out here from Chicago, every time we stopped at a Denny's, I left a piece of furniture next to it. Oh. Because I, it, every time we had to open that stupid thing, something was falling out, and I'd be like, fine, just leave it. And my friend would be like, why? You're going to lose all your stuff. I'm like, I don't even care at this point. Nope. I want to just, let's gift it to somebody. Yep. Somebody's going to pull up to this Denny's in the middle of the desert and be like, oh my God, I needed a dresser. Right. And they're going to be so happy. <laughs> right. I've now gifted that back out into the ether. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> my friend Jen, she said, you don't, we, don't ha we don't have money. We circulate money. So it's the idea of, I don't yes. have that money I'm giving. I don't have this thing I'm giving. This oxygen is not mine. <laughs> clearly, no. clearly, this oxygen is ours. It's our oxygen. And here's another thing about oxygen. If I'm breathing in deeply, are you going to look at me and go, hey, you're breathing in my air? No. So when you have something in your life, uh, and I, how can I be jealous of what you have? It's, it's everything. Do you ever look at things? I feel like you might be a person that does this too. You're driving alone in your car, and you make decisions whether they're conscious or subconscious, of the way that you're going to drive and navigate your route based on the greater good of how things will work if you do that. Okay, like what? Um, like, for example, if I know I want to take a left onto this street, but it's going to be blocking the only lane of traffic uh -huh, and uh -huh. cause an issue, I'll take a right and then sloop around the block, and I'll do stuff like that all the time without even really thinking about it because uh -huh. I'm just like... You're a thinking very of nice the person. greater flow of things. Love it. God bless. I'm well, going to take advantage of you so much. I don't even so think much. it's nice, but I think, I think well, sometimes that... you're like, why doesn't everybody just think in a way where we're all like ants and we just all figure out how to make this work together? You know, why can't we just do that? It's but interesting because when you people... talk about that, I feel like I just want to get to my... I think the best way for me to do the greater good is to get the hell off the street right. and just to get walk. to the place no to get to the place that I need to get to right away <laughs> and just park and get out of my car yeah and go uh <clears throat> I had um, <laughs> some lady the other day I try not to get angry driving anymore because it's just not worth it I nope. mean it's impossible sometimes not to because we're human and we live in 
work in LA where traffic's always bad. Mm -hmm. But um, somebody told me this recently that they, you know, cut some lady off and when she pulled up next to them, she just went like this and pointed her finger at them like a stern babysitter would. Yeah. And they said they felt so much shame because she wasn't angry like flipping them off. She was like, no, no, no. <laughs> And he was like, I've never felt so ashamed. Oh. And he's like, that worked. <laughs> oh. And so I... One day someone's <laughs> going to point a gun at that woman. <laughs> yes. And then she's going to stop pointing right. her finger. Right. And just shame me, Grandma. Go fucking shame yourself. I know. So I just thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, maybe I need to start reacting like that in traffic. Where I'm like, hmm, how dare you? Yeah. I also feel like Grandma... Just take the bus. Uh, I stopped doing that to people because uh, you hear <laughs> stories of people shooting people. Yes. Uh, this is what I do. I give people the finger underneath the sight line. Yeah. So it's under the window and I'm driving and I'm thinking, you don't see me, but I'm so fucking flipping you off right now. And now I'm flipping you off over here with my right hand. And I'm yeah. flipping you off. You have to let be a passing moment and then you have to just go about your day. There's that too. <laughs> because how often do you remember... <laughs> anything where somebody cut you off you don't no i don't you don't dwell on that no. i mean it's maybe the story that you tell when you arrive where you're getting right only if you're late otherwise what's the point of telling the story it's the energy that you put into it and it's like fuck that story if you want let go of that story mm -hmm. the energy that you put into something becomes what it is that you're using your energy on Yes. And like a book of Dave where you're going, really? You are going to take the time during your lovely day with your your boyfriend, spending time with him and reading this book that you don't want to read. Yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure people ask you this as well, but they're like, what is it like being in LA? Are the people terrible? And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know because I really like... I'll remember it shortly if somebody sucks, but I really try to focus on the people I think are excellent. Right. There's a lot of those here too. I believe that there are city. people, right? There are people all over. There are people all over wherever it is that you're going. There are people. I, yes. I, I like it here because I've decided that I like it here. Yes, I'm exactly with you on that. I like it. I like being in LA. I think, um, I think if you don't like being here, then you have other options. <laughs> Clearly, there clearly. are thousands. Of oh my cities. God! I bet, I bet there's hundreds. over 400 cities. I bet there are other over 400 cities you can go to <laughs> if you don't like where it is that you are. Yes. And if you don't like there, then maybe you go to another place. But sooner or later, you got to realize that wherever you go, that's where you are. And no matter where it is, if you don't like the city, it could be you don't like you. Yeah, you just don't like your life right <laughs> no matter where you take it it's still your life exactly <laughs> all right let's stop there okay that was great <laughs> thank you for listening to add comedy for dave rosowski i'm ian foley for more information on dave you can go to his website at www.davidrosowski.com or follow dave on twitter at d rosowski